Well, good morning. Welcome back to another week of Let's Open the Bible. Russ and Gavin with you. Good morning, Gavin. Good morning. So as we record this, uh, Christmas has already happened. We're in the, the week following Christmas, but how was your Christmas? Uh, really good with family, but especially in light of what we're going to discuss next, it was interesting because uh, a beautiful, beautiful church member uh, was sick the day after Christmas, so the Monday after Christmas, and uh, took a very quick, sudden turn for the worse. And I spent that day holding her hand with the family and, and loving on her, reading scripture to her, and uh, with the family, walking her safely to the gates of glory. Yeah, I mean, she, she went to be with Jesus. Mm, that's beautiful. I had a similar uh, Monday as well, very similar to that. So, yeah, which, like you said, is kind of ironic because uh, this week we're going to be discussing some uh, different aspects of death. Uh, something that a lot of people have questions about. There's a lot of misunderstandings about and uh, people with fear and, and just different things. And so we want to try to very thoughtfully kind of walk through what the Bible teaches us about uh, this important topic, this important uh, reality that we all face. And uh, and so, you know. So, so I love for people to kind of get a feel for how the sausage gets made, right? So, so one of the things that we do is Russ is the brains of the operation and and thinks about what we're going to talk about and and kind of presents those and as we work through them together. And one of the things that came up in that discussion was, okay, we're going to speak on death. Uh, is that a great way to start the new year? And how'd you end up with with talking about death? Well, just the importance of the yeah. topic, yeah. you know, just it, it's such a there's such a diverse opinion about this topic that we all face. Every one of us uh, face the reality of of death, barring the return of Christ. And yet there's so much confusion, even among evangelicals, uh, about death. But certainly outside of the even evangelical world, um, the, the secular worldview, the atheist worldview, even the... Uh, some of the other religions, uh, like the Buddha and the Hinduists, and and so if you know, hey, look, we're all entitled to an opinion, but there's only one opinion that really matters, and that's God's. Sure, uh, there there was an interesting article several years out, uh, years ago, uh, that was by the Onion, which is a satirical publication, yeah. and they said uh, new study in death rate holds steady at a hundred percent. Yeah. And then, and so, yeah, this is what, you know, unless Jesus comes back, if Jesus tarries, uh, this is the end of all mankind yeah. uh, and the living should lay it to heart. We should contemplate death. It's a, it's a tragic and beautiful. It is a, a punishment and a, and a gift. It's, it's so many things that the Bible gets into, which we will too. Um, the other thing that's interesting, and you talked about, you know, every culture Death is a huge part of every culture, so much so that most cultures incorporate death into their their spiritual life, and they they often have, if they're polytheistic, gods that specifically address death or are a part of death. And then you have these massive. So I went to Cairo uh, a while back, and the amount of effort that was made to honor pharaohs in their death with the pyramids of Giza. So that wasn't somebody corrected me. That's not Cairo. That's Giza. So, but but still. These, these massive structures that are, that are honoring the Pharaoh in death. Death is a very, very big part of, of, of every person's life. 
Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because this isn't something that we've only just in the 20th century uh, wrestled with. Uh, you know, dating back, like you said, the Egyptians and the pyramids. I mean, this is something that uh, has has been ceremonial or feared or talked about or certainly thought deeply about for the existence of mankind. Right, the Aztecs. I mean, you, there are just so many things, the Vikings and, you know, the River Styx and all sorts of traditions that, again, we do not subscribe to at all. We, we want to make sure that we don't drift down, uh, pun intended, we don't want to drift down that that river, right? We, we want to st- avoid it. That's not how Christians think, but it is very much a part of culture and life. Um, and then you have things like, uh, you know, COVID, which really brings it front and center, the constant update yeah. on, the, you know, the number of deaths and the number of sicknesses. It, it reminds me, there's a sermon that I believe C.S. Lewis gave to to the men of Cambridge or Oxford. It's been it's been a while since since I've read this, but in it, these men are thinking about, okay, this is on the eve of World War II. How in the world can we go about studying and learning when our friends are going over to die? Mm. And C.S. Lewis rightly said, this death is not something new. Certainly in light of war, it may be hastened for some, but but death has not, this is not a modern, death is not a modern day invention. So I think it's good that we decided to discuss it today. Um, we'll get into prayer and we'll get into the reading of scripture. Absolutely. And one last thing I want to mention, if you're a regular listener, or if you listened last week, particularly last Monday, then you remember uh, Dr. Bill Greenwood, my mentor and friend that uh, came on the show. And last Monday we talked about how uh, we were going to talk about interacting with Jehovah's Witness, and we never quite made it uh, to there. So uh, hang in there with us. Hopefully we can have him back again as his time is available and as our time is available to have him. And we can discuss an important topic about you know, defending our faith with different faith groups, uh, different people of faith or di- people that have different views of God. And, and uh, you know, so hopefully we can have him on again and actually have that conversation that we didn't have, but if you- I, and I, and I would be excited to do that as more more broadly apologetics. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that would be very helpful. Very just, good week to yeah. to do. Yeah. yeah, put that on your radar, Gavin. Pencil all right, that in on you're your the, you're you're the brains. You're the one that's going to schedule that. So, um, all right. So, listener, if you have your Bible and you want to turn there, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter nine, verse twenty seven. And uh, I thought I would kick us off with prayer, and then Gavin, if you want to read that verse, and and uh, we'll jump into it. Father, we thank you for your love and grace, uh, Lord. As even as we have uh, just celebrated the birth of Christ, uh, Christmas season, Father, and all the um, extreme joy. Uh, that uh, accompanies that season for so many people for so many different reasons. Lord, uh, thank you for Jesus. Um, Thank you that you so loved the world that you gave and uh, that Jesus came to ultimately be our sacrifice, um, the reconciliation that we can have through Jesus with you. And so, Lord, we thank you that we can celebrate that. Father, this week as we touch on what will be a sensitive topic for many people, Father, I pray for wisdom and discernment. I pray for clarity as we uh, delicately walk through some passages that inform us of this very important topic, the topic of death. And so, Lord, let us honor you with our lips and with the meditations of our heart. And we ask this all in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 9, uh, verse 27. Just as it is appointed for man to die once, And after that comes judgment, uh, 
So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who eagerly, who are eagerly waiting for him. And that was uh, Hebrews 9, 27 and 28. So today we want to kind of talk about, you know, the fact that we, we are all facing death and then kind of, you know, what is death? Right. Uh, it's a reality that we all contend with that all of mankind has contended with. Uh, and, and so we want to kind of deal with that topic. Sure. Are we going to get into what is death today? Or are we going to wait till tomorrow to get into what is death so that everybody, every person is going to pass is a reality. And surprisingly, um, well, we, we can get, how, how do you want to do this today? Wait till tomorrow to get into what is death or do we want to dig in a little today? I thought we would get into a little bit today. And if we don't finish it, we can get into some tomorrow too. Okay. So, um, well, we can start with the, the, the soul, the suke, and the sarks, the flesh, uh, and the soma, the body. The, the soma and the sarks will die for every single person, right? So, so there, you know, the outer man is wasting away. The inner man is being renewed day by day. So there's the division between the sarks and the soma, the body soma, the sarks, the flesh, and, and then the soul, the suke, um, and the spirit, the pneuma, right there. So, so there are all of these things coming together. We trust. It depends on if you believe in three parts of the human, two parts. I mean, let, let's just let's just keep it simple. The body. There will come a time when it will no longer be living. Um, the, the the heart will not be beating. The brain activity will cease. Uh, there will not be. Uh, activity going on enough that someone could say that person is alive. We trust as Christians. So, so when Jesus in, in John 11 approaches Martha and Mary and, and he says, I am the resurrection and life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Does that mean the shall never die? Does that mean that the body is not going to die? No. Even in that case, we trust that Lazarus would be raised in that case, but also that, that eventually his body would again die. But his soul continues to live. And that's why Jesus, to the thief on the cross, whose body would die, says, today you will be with me in paradise. Well, what does that mean? That means that his body, like everyone else, it is appointed unto man, all mankind, to die, once to die. Then the judgment. His body would die. His heart would stop. His brain function would cease. But that his soul would be present with God in paradise. So that, that's kind of, I, I mean, I, I want to make it clear that, that you as a person will not die. Your body will no longer be living, will die. Is, is that good? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it does to me. So, it, you know, it sounds like death is the absence of our spirit. Um, yeah, I would, say, I would say that death, well, because the spirit, the soul spirit soul won't die right it will continue to live in the presence of god for those that are in christ will be in the presence of god but the body will will begin to decay into the point where it will i mean to be graphic will come off of the bones it will wither it will become and i don't mean to make light of this but will become dirt again so in a sense uh the holy spirit breathed the breath of life or god breathed the breath of life into man and in a sense, uh, death is that breath of life returning to the presence of God. 
Yes, but but the soma and the sarks will will yeah. will will pass away. So right. uh, one one definition of death is death is the ir- irreversible cessation of organismic so the the organism organismic functioning and human death as the irreversible loss of personhood. Right. So that's one way of doing it, and you should look confused. Like I don't like that definition. Why? Because it's not the loss of personhood. Right. That's what I was struggling with. Yeah. So that 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 is a purely secular, and by the way, some secularists believe in reincarnation and all of those other things, but uh, in a, in a semi non uh, spiritual form, like so that you become dirt and then you can take it up into other life forms. I mean, just there are all sorts of understandings on of this, but we as Christians would would really disagree with that it is the loss of personhood and our person doesn't go from one being to another or from one body to another reincarnation we'll get into this a little more later is not something that we as christians believe but we do believe in the continuation of personhood some will be raised to everlasting life and others to everlasting judgment you will be either cast into outer darkness or you will be in the presence of God forevermore. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Well, like he's going to be crucified and go and and the spirit, the Holy Spirit himself will come and, and reside with us and in us. Jesus is going to go that we may have a place assured, guaranteed by his death, burial, and resurrection that that we will join him one day and we will be in his presence around the the throne room of God. In in our personhood. In our personhood. And eventually, so there's an interesting thing in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 where it says, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed so that we will have... the, the, the sarks, the flesh, although it will be a glorified sarks flesh, uh, and, and the soma, the body, we, we will one day be reunited. We will not be disembodied souls forever. Right. That one, you know, so, so we, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God who has given us the spirit as a guarantee, is what 2 Corinthians 5 says. So again, we don't believe in soul sleep. What is soul sleep? Soul sleep. You want to define it? You want me to define it? Okay. You're on so, a roll. So I'm, on, I'm on a roll. Call me butter because I'm on a roll. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so even so, come Lord Jesus. Yeah, Maranatha. <laughs> All right. So, but uh, uh, soul sleep is where you believe that um, when the the soma dies, the soul goes into this sleep and awaits for the general resurrection, that final resurrection on the day of the Lord. We do not believe in that. Again, to be absent from the body is to be present Present with with the the Lord. Lord. Today you will be with me in paradise. So that is the hope that Christians have, is that the the moment that we pass, and I really hope that we can uh, hammer this home on the day that we talk about you know, the hope that we as Christians have and how that can help us to overcome any fear of death that, that Jesus intended to remove the fear of death. Um, so is that we know that to, to, to pass away for the body to no longer continue in its, to function fully as an organism, uh, we have hope, uh, Bible assured Christ resurrection assured. So when Christ was raised, it was a guarantee that he was a fulfillment of all the promises. We find that all the promises of God find their amen in Christ. When he was raised, everything that he said was assured because 
his resurrection declared that he was a satisfactory offering to God. So all of those things that were said when Jesus rose from the grave, and among them is that we have a hope that when we pass immediately, our soul is in the presence of God, enjoying him. And it's better than our best day here on earth. I really think we need to hammer that home too, because I've had these conversations over and over with people like, do you understand how much better it is to be in the presence of God than anything you're going through now? And they'll say, yep. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, no, listen, the Bible gives very little information of exactly what heaven will be like. And some of it is symbolic. So we don't really know if there'll be streets of gold and gates of one pearl or what. It's just, we know this, it's going to be amazing. And we can, I mean, like, I don't think that it's below God to actually make those a uh, literal reality. Can you imagine a street of gold? Oh, this? Yeah, we pave with it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's our pavement. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So so anyways, but maybe that's a reality, maybe not not, but the but the assurance is that heaven is better than than our very 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 best day on earth. And you'll by talk far. and talk and by far it's not even close. It's not even remotely close. In fact, I believe that unless we have a glorified body, our body would die to be in the presence of that much and I know it would. I mean, God couldn't show you the the, the radiance that will light the new heaven and the new earth. He could not show you that glory if you didn't have the eyes to behold it like it would kill us yeah so so we need that resurrection body and and, and eyes and um greater than your best day here on earth and people will listen mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. yep yep i get it mm-hmm. and then they'll go but i really want to see my grandson get married and i go okay that's a beautiful thing let me pause yeah that's a that good is thing. a wonderful hope every day that you have here is a gift this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. And it pales in comparison to what it will be like when you pass, again, through those gates of splendor, Come, uh, You know, enter in, well done, good and faithful servant, right? So like, if you have a hope here on earth, those are great things, if the Lord wills, you know, I will do such and such, if the Lord wills, those are great goals, great plans, great hopes, but they pale in comparison to, to when we pass and land safely on that other shore. Yeah, I don't think we realize um, the cesspool. I, you know, we've always lived in the cesspool of sin, um, and I don't think we realize just how filthy this cesspool is. And and because we've never lived in a sinless world, we've never lived in a world with bodies that are not somehow discolored or tainted by sin. So we have no concept of how much better heaven is, where there is no temptation, there is no sin. There, you know, none of those things exist. Uh, now we, you know, what does Paul says? Now we look through a glass darkly, then we will see him as he is. You know, we will see the beauty and the radiance and the splendor of heaven and of God. And, and uh, you know, so yeah, everything now is, is somehow discolored, but we don't realize that. Yeah. So one of the, one of the passages, again, I'll refer back to it, but go a little, you know, a little before the last reference I gave was that second Corinthians five, where it says, um, we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For while we were in this tent, we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, if, in, if indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. So so the groaning that takes place 
in this world, we've we've actually become so accustomed to it, we yeah. don't know that we notice it. It's normal. It's normal. And so when when we pass and when we when, when we are in the presence of God and there's no more aching, no more groaning, no more hurting. No, I'm going to take a, a verse out of context because I think it speaks about the Holy Spirit informing us of some of these things now. The Holy Spirit does inform us of some of these things now, and I understand that. But but and so somebody may cringe. Oh, that's all I ever hear about this verse, and it's always future. But but the verse is intended to communicate that the Holy Spirit is communicating something to us presently. Here's the verse: I hath not seen nor ear heard nor has entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. So we're going to get a taste and shadows of them now. I think I think going out and looking at a star, the night sky is is a taste and shadow. You know, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of, and the son of man that you care for him? I think like to look up is just a of a, a, a taste and shadow of the glorious nature of God. We see some of those in mountains and trees and the leaves changing and families and loved ones and marriages. All of those are, you know, slightly distorted or very distorted pictures of what, what heaven will be like. But again, we have no idea what the removal of all the tainting of sin will be like. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is when, when you, you know, clean that glass of your car window off and you go, wow, I didn't really notice how blind I was until I cleaned it. <laughs> It'll be that times infinity. Right. Yeah. What a beautiful hope and future uh, believers have to, to look forward to. And uh, I think this is uh, certainly a, a good conversation to have. Okay. So, so because I was everywhere today, <laughs> I don't know if I made a single point. Can we go back over kind of the main points and just come down really simply on a few places? Um, so, so one, everybody will die. So a simple verse for that is the one that I say at, at every funeral, which is Ecclesiastes 7, 2. It is better to go into a house of mourning than a house of feasting for this is the end of all mankind and the living will lay it to heart. This is the end of all mankind. You know, that onion article death, you know, new study and death rate holds steady at a hundred percent. It's not going to change hundred percent. So everybody dies Two, what is death? Well, for, for the Soma, the Greek word, I didn't explain that. I don't think I explained that the Soma in, in the, in the new Testament, in the original language, you'll see a lot of Sarks and Soma and Numa and, um, Suke for the soul. The, the body will stop functioning. The synapses will stop firing the heart will stop beating. And that takes place. It, it really is interesting. It seems to me that the moment you are born, the body is decaying. But for the longest time, the generation and regeneration in the body exceeds the death. So like when, you're, when your nails are coming, you know, when your nails get clipped or your hair and, you know, skin flakes off even when you're younger, it happens much less when you're younger than when you're older, but that skin, that's dead skin, right? Yeah. And so we have that. But there comes a point in every person's life, I don't know what the age is, but where the decay, you don't, you no longer keep up with the decay and your body turns its proverbial eye towards Jerusalem. It is dying. And that's for everybody. And, you know, you get more decay and more decay and it accelerates until the point where the decay overwhelms the life, the generation. Um, and that's, that's death. Um, we believe that the soul, your soul and spirit continue. Um, and you will either, you must, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. 
you will either be judged in Christ and you spend your eternity in heaven, or you are outside of that glorious gospel. You are outside of the covenant of grace. You are outside of Christ Jesus. Uh, and and what the Bible says then is the, the smoke of their torment ascends forever, which is a grisly picture, but I think it's a biblical reality. So um, again, the body dies, the soul continues on. Yes. Well, um, that's about all the time we have for today. So thank you, listener, for hanging in with us. And uh, until you uh, meet up again with us tomorrow, be in your word, open your Bible. And until then, God bless.